0: Up? Okay. Oh, this is weird. Okay. Let's do this. Okay. Now we can fix more problems that this live stream was having before getting in there. Good morning, good morning, or good evening. Sabaha, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Hope you're doing well. Jimmy Fire dragon, um good evening in the u k. Good afternoon, good evening. Uh, <laughs> schedule sixty even even though it's seven fifty two right now. Yeah, there was a l- few minutes delay on my side. Um, I was having a l- few technical problems. I'll say that much. Uh, From the computer not starting up to, (laughs) um, as you saw before, I was having problems getting the camera, uh, my Sony camera to actually activate focus. For some reason, it was focusing on the back, but not focusing on me, and I couldn't actually get it to come back. (laughs) And uh, um, I see Finns in the chat. Hey, good morning. Sabaho. Hope you're doing well. Um, I'll I'll, I'll say this. I'll say this. And and comically, I will say happy Apple week because obviously everything and anything that's been going on for the last couple of days, uh, my entire stream of every single content... Every single channel that I've been watching is basically covering all the iPhones. Everybody started getting their iPhone 14s. Uh, so there's a lot of conversations going in there. Vince, hope you're doing well. Finn, uh, everybody kicking it with us. Um, and uh, I, you probably already knew I don't pick, I didn't pick up the iPhone. Uh, and I typically don't pick up the iPhones when they come up. Um, I, it's mostly like the one I have, the 13 Pro Max is my work phone. And that's the only reason why I have it. But otherwise, um, it's been an interesting week. There's been a few things going on. I had an opportunity to go check out the The folks over at Zendure uh, with their SuperPace V, they came to L.A. I saw them in IFA a couple of weeks ago and uh, they came to L.A. So they had a little bit of an event there. I got a chance to hang out with Joshua Vergara as well during that time. So that was nice. And of course, I'll get to see him again next week. There's uh, something going on for for creators next week as well. Um, Other than that, I think for the most part, it's been kind of a more Apple centric, uh, kind of a focused week. Uh, The iPhone 14 has had. I mean, you saw I posted a video a couple of weeks ago, not this week, but last week talking about the eSIM conversation and and the concerns that are, are coming in with having a device that's sold purely with an eSIM option, no SIM card and. You know, obviously there are some concerns going on in the market right now as people start getting their devices, they were having concerns having to call the carrier, wait for 45 minutes. A lot of things that you typically didn't have to do with an iPhone in the past because all you had to do was put in your SIM card and other than just connecting it to iTunes or even activating it straight on the device by logging into your Apple uh, account, you really didn't need to do that much and you were up and going and just, you know, you'll transfer your content later. Or if you have an iCloud account, you can do the, the restore from it later on. Um, But there are some concerns and there are some obviously growing pains. We need to adjust to that because in the U.S., that's the direction Apple is going. And this is something that we need to understand, that it's a collaboration between them. And obviously, I think it's the carriers. This is a weird conversation. I feel like for the most part, when Apple first started releasing devices, we knew them to be the only company that could tell the carriers how they were releasing their phone on them because we were so popular, as opposed to the carriers putting in some requests. So I'm I'm having to say features coming in like this, specifically being an aggrega- a collaboration between them and the carriers and specifically in the U.S. Internationally, obviously, they're getting different versions of the phone. Uh, but again, that, that'll that be mostly what I'm going to cover on that. Overall, it, it's a growing pain. People need to adjust. And if you chose to pick up the iPhone 14, knowing that it has only a SIM card, an eSIM, um, you were ready. Hopefully we were able to help everybody be ready for that and understand that they needed to go through that part. Um, I see Greg uh, Greg with us as well, uh, Vince and of course, Barry Johnson. Good morning. Hope you guys are doing well, um, Greg, just to let you know, I am hopefully going to be able to pick up the uh, the Nexus six when I meet Juan. I'm hoping I'll be able to get a chance to meet him next week. Um, you probably know we don't really live very close to each other as much as we used to in the past, and uh, it does take us some time for us to be able to work out schedules and so on. So we're trying to shoot for something very soon and hopefully um, I'll let you know when I have it, if, uh, of course. Um, but yeah, that, that's pretty much mostly what I wanted to talk about the iPhone. There's really not much. I don't really cover iPhone products. I know my channel and I know YouTube has, um, I guess for the for the better part of uh, I think six or eight months, uh, they've told me basically that, you know, iPhone content doesn't drive on my channel. For the most part, we're Android. So this is why I wanted to focus today um, a little bit more about what we what I've been using for the last couple of weeks. So the Z Fold 4 and the Z Flip 4 showed up literally two days before I had to leave for IFA. So I had the chance to set it up. I converted. I actually transitioned from the S22 Ultra to the Z Fold 4 because I was having so many problems with my S22 Ultra. The S22 Ultra, as you know, is a T-Mobile specific locked version. I'm not saying this is T-Mobile's concern. I'm saying this is just a version that I have. And I was having RCS problems. I was having uh, app lockup issues. I was having connectivity issues when I was traveling with the family in the summer. And we, we talked about that on The Best of Our Week with Juan where my wife and I are both standing in the same spot. She's on T-Mobile and I'm on T-Mobile. But My S22 Ultra will get no signal and my and her Note 20 Ultra was full 4G LTE. So I was like, okay, this makes no sense. Um, and I had that kind of consistently as I was driving. So overall, I needed to try to transition to a device that was a little bit more reliable connectivity-wise. And it also ran, obviously, Samsung's latest hardware since that was the device that I got. Um, so for the most part, yeah, uh, I've been using it for the last three weeks. I want to talk to you guys a little bit about some of the, the ups and downs and some of the concerns that I'm having in there. Um, and of course, the Z Flip 4, which I didn't think I was going to pick up this guy. I really didn't think so. But the promotion that was going on and the the trade in that they put in was too tempting to not be able to pick up a brand new Z, Fold 4, or Z Flip 4 uh, for about 500 bucks. So basically about 50% price, you know, with a trade in obviously uh, into it and not necessarily, you know, miss too much. So, you know, I want to talk to you guys a little bit about that as well. And then, of course, I thought I was going to be able to push out the video early this morning It's still sitting and processing on, um, uh, on on the on YouTube studio. So for me, I wasn't able to push the video out, but it's ready. Uh, the Buds, uh, the Butts 2 Pro video is going to be going up uh, live today. Hopefully as soon as the, the actually, you know what? I'm, I'll keep an eye on it here. Let's do us do this. If it doesn't actually end up going um, and finish processing. I'll be able to push it out and maybe we can push it out live here directly from the phone. I'll give it a little bit more time just to get it to at least to 1080p, because if it doesn't have 1080p, it's (laughs) I don't want you guys to, you know, comment on like, oh, this looks like hard garbage or something like that. And I'm just kidding. Um, I see Barry's in there again. Uh, Robin, uh, Robin's in there. Javier, hey, hope you're doing well. Uh, Good morning, everybody. Uh, (laughs) Kicking it in the UK. Oh, and then uh, so Michael Corgan saying I read somewhere that AT&T is charging 35 bucks if you want to if you want to change your eSIM. I don't know how accurate it is because uh, it was I was complaining, about uh, it was basically being said on the AT&T subreddit. I wouldn't be surprised if there is a charge. I really wouldn't be surprised. I think at some point even if they don't do it initially because of you know obviously people activating brand new phones and so on i think at some point for people that like to switch devices multiple times meaning they calling them now again the process of switching from one from one device to another is typically not as complicated but uh if you're going from an iphone to an iphone it's actually pretty simple apple already did that obviously since they keep it all in-house it's going to work easily over bluetooth you can transition it it's just that when you're transitioning into an eSIM from a physical sim um i've seen comments even talking about the fact that there's been like i think max max weinbach uh, mentioned that it took him about 45 minutes or so where his phone was not his phone number was not functional mm-hmm because it was being transitioned in the system from an SIM to an eSIM and that unfortunately allowed, did not allow the device to run. So there was that transition but the fact that he had to contact them and actually get that transition started was the bigger effect. Yeah, imagine how many people got their iPhones today and how many people are calling AT&T and T-Mobile and Verizon and all the other MVMO that, that are sold that are selling or are going to support it with eSIM technology. It's going to create a lot of backlog. It's going to create a lot of Um, interesting, uh, you know, change in people's approach where, you know, in the future shouldn't be an issue. Again, if you're going from an iPhone to an iPhone next year with the iPhone 15, this should not be an issue. Uh, We're transitioning later on. But there is a reason. There is reason to be to believe that obviously AT&T or other carriers will start charging you a a fee to change your SIM card every time you want to transition an eSIM from one device to the other. And that could be based on not only the fact that they already whitelist devices, but on a positive note for the white listing, um, actually AT and T uh, finally uh, certified uh, the One Plus plus ten the One Plus Ten T to operate on their network. So now you're able to utilize, uh, you know, five G on their network with uh, with the One Plus Ten T if you have that, or if you're thinking about picking it up. So that's definitely a nice little addition there. Um, but what I would say probably is, yeah, that we need to understand that this is literally why the move was done. SIM cards are not it's are not uh, insecure. The security measures that they were referencing are. I mean, kind of a little bit of a stretching it. Yes, technically, it means that nobody else can pick up the phone and take your SIM card out of it and put it into another device. If you act, if you lose your phone and you call your carrier and the first thing you do is hey, look, I lost my phone and my SIM card is in it. The first thing they're going to do is they're going to deactivate that SIM card so that nobody can be able to use that SIM card, not only to validate, to activate or to do anything with it. Now, if somebody picks up your iPhone and plugs in their SIM card into your phone, it doesn't automatically switch the phone on just because a new SIM card is in there. They still cannot do anything with it. So, again, the security functionality for me circumvents or at least alleviates the issue that of SIM swapping that the carriers have been having issues with, where that was something on their side, not necessarily on ours. It's not that our SIM cards are suddenly magically appearing in other files. This is basically where their system wasn't secure enough to be able to uh, fix it. And AT&T and T-Mobile and and, and Verizon all started to put in extra security measures when you contact them, when you're specifically changing your SIM card to validate who you are, to make sure that you are the account holder, that there is no um, easy way to do so. But again, that was fixed there. So again, long story short, $35 bucks does not sound too outlandish and honestly doesn't surprise me if it is. Although I don't feel like it will be done initially at this point, as most people right now are only going into the iPhone. It's when you start doing that switch back and forth. And I think that's when we need to kind of uh, follow through with that a little bit more. Um, let me see here. If in, uh, <laughs> the new profile picture. Yeah, no, absolutely. Dominic Juan. Hey, sabaha, man. Hope you're doing well. Uh, good afternoon, actually. Good afternoon, uh, Dominic. Hope you're doing well. Um, actually I'm also hoping that you guys are, uh, the, the weather is a little bit better. I don't know if you guys are still dealing with a lot of heat, um, for us, at least in the last couple of days or so, it's been actually nice. I'll say that it's nice. It's, uh, roughly about 80, so 80 or so, so about 20 degrees plus 20 degrees less than what we've typically had in the past. So it's been really nice to be able to walk outside, go hang out with the family and not have to have the AC running all the time and causing our bills to be in the hundreds which is I'm, I'm still scared to see what my next what my my bill is going to be next month. Um, and let me double check here. <laughs> Greg kicking it with us. Uh, Chemi. yeah, I'm Dragon. Well, I just moved last uh, last Saturday and it was exhausting. And I kept uh, sleeping. Oh, man. Yeah, it's it's tough. It's tough moving. And then I know Roger um, Roger bought. I think uh, Life of Tech is also going to be moving very soon. Uh, based on some of the things going in there, and Antonio Luis with us. Hope you're doing well, man. Yeah, dude. Sorry, I, Antonio and I were chatting as we, as I was getting ready. I was like finishing editing, uploading, and stuff, and I'm like talking and all of stuff. So I didn't get a chance to respond back, but he's he's helping me out with some stuff as well. A great great resource, and I'm glad uh, I'm glad you're doing well, man. Hope you're doing good, and you have I hope you have a good weekend. Um, there is a small possibility. I don't know if I will be selected or not. Um, Pixel, and I don't know if you guys saw uh, uh, Mark yesterday tweeted out saying that there there's going to be some kind of a camp Pixel next month. Um, so we'll have to see which creators are part of that or not. Uh, I don't know yet if I am. Uh, obviously, if, if I will be actually, not I am. It's not like a, there's no entitlement there. Obviously, there's more of that if I'm lucky enough to be part of that team, uh, that that experience. It's, uh, it's going to be something very interesting. So I'm looking forward to seeing what that ends up being. Uh, but that was interesting uh, to see as well. And, of course, Antonio's always always uh, good and um let me know actually Antonio if you do end up picking up the uh the what's it called the uh the nothing phone one uh well the nothing phone um you know the the black one because I think that was really nice and keep in mind I think UK had one had that one in uh, in storage um, and it's available in the lower storage if you just want to be able to add to get that in there from the pricing in there Adam K I uh, hope you're doing well hey man good morning hope you're doing well uh you jumping in <laughs> oh man a lot of conversations a lot of conversations uh, here so jimmy fire dragon jumping in have has any okay so anyone ever had their device freeze on the one ui beta it happened to me uh a few days ago and was quite a shock uh and very very frustrating as well um i so i haven't had a chance to check out the beta itself i in for the most part i haven't had freezes for a long time i'll say that freezes are very very rare i've had crashes where the system just basically uh is non-responsive for maybe about a second or so till the launcher redraws itself and relaunches itself. But typically when I have those issues, I do a really like a hard reset in there and just make sure that at least everything kind of restarts fresh. Very rarely. The only phone that I've had problems with that was the S22 Ultra and that was not on the beta that was still on 4.1. Um, so for me, it's, or I think I'm all even, no, no, it was before 4.1, it was on 4.0 before 4.1 came out with for, uh, Z Fold 4. So Depends. It really depends on the apps and what's going on. I probably would say uh, probably reset and maybe I don't know. I wouldn't recommend clearing cache on that one, but maybe see what app uh, was were you running. And when the system crashed, maybe uninstall and reinstall that one. So maybe something on that app uh, specifically. Uh, but no, I haven't. And hopefully you guys will see that. Um, uh is saying I watched the video from uh, uh, from Fisher and looks like uh, looks like so far he said that there is no uh, there's no charge uh, for the e- for the eSIM switching. Absolutely. It, Again, this is this is onboarding. This is iPhones. This is predetermined agreement. I don't think this is when the pro. This is not when we're going to start hearing about the eSIM switching charge. The charge itself is later on for the people that like to switch devices back and forth. Let's say you want to travel and you want to be able to jump over to a device that supports an eSIM and an SD and a regular SIM, and you want to be able to switch from that device back and forth. Will they then not charge us uh, for those charges? But we'll have to see. Uh, this is something again. It's it's speculative at this point because we're thinking you know. Again, they want to be able to charge us for any time we charge it. We activate an account. Um, why would it be different for us to change eSIMs all the time? Because it's going to generate calls for them. It's going to create queues for them, especially when more people want to do it. Especially when they need to transition from one device to the other. If it's Android to iOS specifically. But again, at the end of the day, I'm hoping is that we have a better system where it becomes more automated and hopefully secure, that it doesn't become, you know, like bringing in more security issues uh, so that people can actually just do it on their own and not have to call. I mean, if there is gonna be a transition and you're going from Android to iOS, With an eSIM, why should it be a complicated process now going from a physical SIM to an eSIM that will more than likely require you to call a carrier because that doesn't happen automatically. So there is that function that we still need to uh, keep in mind is most people going into the iPhone 14 are going from a physical SIM to an eSIM, even if they're iPhone users, their devices to this point, even though we've supported eSIMs in the past has never actually had a device without it. So that's probably what the transition part and what the 45-minute concern that it was going on when uh, Max was trying to transition from one account to the other. It's that going from from sender SIM to eSIM. Yeah, much better in Pennsylvania. TK, great. Oh, man, I'm glad. I'm glad I'm doing it. Last week and a half has been uh, rainy and cold here. Okay, so it went back to the cold temperatures. So at least, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but we'll have to... Yeah, uh, I guess for rain, we got a very short amount of rain in the area that I'm living in, but it was more monsoon, monsoonal rain. Where I mean about that is it's actually warm rain, so it didn't drop the temperatures to being cold, but definitely gave us more moisture, which we need here in Southern California. We have a lot of drought going on. Um, uh, thankfully, we're getting some uh, some more uh, some more beat in a few days. Uh, it's oh, it's freezing where I live here. No, yeah, it, it's it's always it's tough. It's tough. We're getting closer to, you know, summer's over, right? We're going into fall. We're going to have to see how that kind of transitions. Uh, UK, uh, sorry, <laughs> UK is starting to get cold now. Uh, we need to worry about the bills now because uh, heating is very expensive. This uh, heating is going to be very expensive this coming winter. I, and I heard about those. Yes, utility bills are going up and charges are going up. It's, it. it I mean, I don't want to make it into an inflation conversation, but yeah, no, inflation is hitting us everywhere. Um, from you know, maybe the prices of gas in the U.S. have dropped a little bit, but the prices of goods everywhere are skyrocketing. Um, not only that, just just to say this, junk—not junk food, uh, fast food. I mean, it's technically, but you know what I mean. Fast food, which is supposed to be fast, convenient, and inexpensive, is now becoming an expensive, uh, uh, you know, thing. Like going in and out of McDonald's, you'll you're about ten to twelve dollars easy easy on them uh, if you want to be able to pick up a meal that's not obviously on a very small like cheeseburger or whatever like that but if you're trying to pick up most of the things it's getting expensive and uh, unfortunately yeah bills and utility bills are going up I, year over year I'm, I'm looking at my usage for power right now at home um, I used less electricity less electricity than last year but my bill is more than last year which makes no sense the prices are so much up and they're going up and we're getting so many fees and stuff yeah it, it's hitting everywhere I, I totally get it I'm with you, Dominic. It, it sucks. Um, one of the reasons why I'm trying to see if there's a way for me to actually convert into solar to th- at least help a little bit with our bill, because, um, I, I mean, I'll, I'll say this. My bill is in the hundreds. And last last month, at least the projected bill was around five to six hundred. That's how bad it is, because we ran the AC as much as we could it was hot it was 42 41 and 42 degrees consistently for a whole like three to four weeks it was inevitable that we needed to run the ac and just and even would try to conserve energy it's still expensive i'm with you um adam love catching you live uh love listening to your content I appreciate it man no i really appreciate you being able to uh, hang out with us of course uh, Dominic in there as well. Jimmy, uh, my wife has, uh, has that issue with the 3A sometimes. Okay. So I think somebody was talking about the, uh, the 3A on the freezing side. Uh, Google Fi is, uh, uh, is free switching. So that's actually pretty decent. Okay. I like that. Sorry. It'll hydrate a little bit. And, um, I think we'll have to see how that goes. I honestly think we'll have to actually wait to see the initial wave concerns is to, ex- to be expected again. Conversion does take time. Calling the carrier, they'll probably be bombarded. And they're going to be bombarded for the next few weeks till people kind of regulate and get through the whole transition uh, from one device to the other. Uh, but the trans- this is where the funny thing is. It's Once they go one way, they're going to have a hard time going the other way. Let's say they want to switch back. That's going to take even more process for them because they may not be able to switch back to the same SIM card that they were using before because that SIM card is not new. And most carriers, when they're switching you from one SIM card to another or an eSIM to a SIM card, they require you to have a brand new SIM card, which will require them to go down to the store and pick it up. The, again, uh, SIM trays and SIM activations have been... um have been the last thing that we I actually thought you know we would start tackling because it's so so it's been such a standard for us for so long for like literally 10 you know over 10 15 20 years sim cards are the way to go with phones it's like literally the way you do it and now it's going away so we'll have to see how that goes for sure let me see here I'm getting Notifications on this side. I gotta make sure to kind of keep it in there. Marilyn, hey Sabaho. hope you're doing well. Uh, my fellow Z Fold Z Fold 4. Hope you're doing well. Um so yeah, we wanna I wanna talk jump into that. I want to jump into that. Hope you're doing well, Marilyn. Let me see here. Uh jumping back in there. Um here. Adam saying, um uh is this not kind of back to the dev- uh, into device IDs like Verizon in the old days I used to work I used to work there and it was um never too uh, too big for them to sw- it was never um, too big of a, of a thing to swap devices um in a way, yes, it's different than what it was before with the CDMA network when Verizon was, and Verizon and Sprint, for the most part, are the only two carriers back then that you required to actually call them to switch phones from one to the other. We also didn't, we weren't during the time where a lot of people did that. There was more. You buy one device. Most people didn't have two numbers. Most people didn't um, didn't need didn't have the need to switch too much. For me, in so in, in, in internationally outside of CDMA, what we had in the US, um, internationally, SIM cards were the standard, they were always the standard. You bought a device, or we bought whatever it is a Nokia, an HTC, or whatever you had a SIM card. When I came to the US, that was a big surprise for me because at the time, um, although T Mobile didn't really exist, it used to be called US, I don't think it was a US cellular. Um, oh man, I forgot the name of it. They used to, uh, they uh, so T Mobile didn't exist in the US and they bought another carrier that was in the US. And that was how actually I came on because I joined T-Mobile when it wasn't even T-Mobile and then T-Mobile bought them. So the long story is they were the only ones that started using SIM cards. And then AT&T started to do the same thing and then it started seeing more and more. And then, of course, now we know that even Verizon uses SIM cards in their devices. So the story behind device ID situation is this is more of a way of controlling the transition of numbers and accounts from one device to the other. It's a way for phone companies to manage all of that data, as opposed to us, the user, be able to manage where that data resides. This is where you can no longer just switch from one device to the other without having either a pre approved process, a system in, in place by your carrier that allows you to do it either manually with them or independently on your own with an app or a procedure that allows us to transition. Because more there's more information associated to the eSIM than it is to the SIM card. And this is where they, because you can activate multiple things on an eSIM with an account, where on a SIM card, it's pretty much a one device, a one to one type of a connection. So we'll have to see how that goes. And of course, um, it, it's going to force the eSIM to be more of the standard as we go on year, uh, you know, from now on. Uh, I'm wondering if this is the weird part. Device development takes 12 to 18 months, roughly per company. We are in October. No, not really. We're in September. So, is it possible that Samsung may switch to eSIM by the S by the uh, the S23 series? Is it likely that that becomes a concern because? We know how things go. Apple is the start and everybody just follows. And I think we're going to get to the point where it becomes literally a slab with a display. No ports. Everything is wireless and everything is portless because that's it seems like this is where we're going. Obviously, with the speaker grill, I'm hoping we'll keep because otherwise, you know, the loss of speakers on a phone makes no sense. But I'm not going to say that it uh, I'm not going to say that because, you don't know, things could change. Things could definitely change. Um, But yeah, I know I know what you mean. The device ID situation could be a big concern at some point. Uh, but it is again. This is purely from a from a carrier perspective, uh, uh, and as far as T-Mobile and so on, uh, $20 to 12 dollars for <laughs> Jimmy fired, dude. I'm not kidding. You go in there and you try to buy, let's say, um, uh, man, a Big Mac, right? A Big Mac meal with so with a soda and fries, and you're out about 10 po- 10 bucks or so, 10 to 12 bucks. And this is with the small size. This is not even when they when you try to add all the extra things in there. It's crazy it's crazy. It's inflation is hitting everything. Fast food is getting hit by it. You go into the store, everything you want to buy, everything is more expensive. Uh, things are smaller and being sold for the same price. It's like a whole bunch of things going on. And it's, it's a, it's a frustrating thing on on one end because it's hard for you to be able to fix things when your paycheck that you used to be able to, you know, you were okay with is no longer getting the same things it used to get you before. Right, so this is where things kind of are, are going in and becoming a bit a big concern for people. Is like, how do you survive on what you're making? Where you're not necessarily your your raises, or if you do get a raise, or depending on how your your processes at work um, is not ca- keeping up with inflation, and this is going up pretty quickly. We knew things were going to come like this. We heard about them, um, you know, uh, and there's still obviously still wait times and so on. But yeah, it, to me, it's a concern. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> No, no, obviously, obviously, there's there's a lot of things going on. Uh, did you uh, did you try? I, I said fucking. so the swamp cooler, I think what Greg is referring to is called the swamp cooler. Uh, yeah, no, uh, they definitely work. And, and it absolutely is a great way to if you ever have a situation where you need and you don't have access to an air conditioner, and you need to be able to cool an area down. Ah, uh, Greg's method is absolutely a great method. It's, re- it's used to be referred to as a swamp cooler. They even sell them. Actually, um, when I met, when I first met my wife back like a long time ago, she used to have one of those. She thought it was an AC, so I had to explain to her that's more of a swamp cooler. It it produces cooler air, but it never gets really really cold, and you always have to replace the ice. So yeah, essentially, what it is, you put. Uh, ice in a in a bucket behind and in front of it, you put a fan. So as the temperature from the ice kind of to, uh, you know, swaps temperature, the heat kind of gets absorbed and the cold temperature comes out and you run an air fan above it in front of it, it sucks all of that cool air and then permeates it around the room. So it, in a sense, kind of cooling you down, providing you a little bit of a cooler experience. Uh, we did have a lot of fans we have. Um, I use this fan called the uh, Vordeno. Uh, it's a cheesy name, but it actually does what it's supposed to. It's an air circulating uh, fan. And of course, allows us to circulate the air, the cool and the hot air around in the house. Uh, We have high ceilings in where I am. So typically the hot air will just go up and then the cool air kind of comes down. We just have to circulate to get the the fans going. And the AC helps as well. We keep it around 78 as what they recommend for us. Um, uh, Earl, man, hope you're doing well. How you doing, man? How you doing? Hmm. OK, so Marilyn said I used to use an eSIM last year when I went back to a SIM, they made, me get a, they made me get a new one, of course, and they charged me for it again. Yeah, a SIM card typically does cost about $25, uh, at, at least with T-Mobile. I don't know with other carriers, but it is typical. That's what's going to happen if you try to go into it with an iPhone and you want to switch back to a device that doesn't have an eSIM, you're going to have to have a new SIM card. That old SIM card that you had doesn't work anymore. And this is because of procedure, they don't activate, they don't reactivate SIM cards that have been used for security purposes, Uh, mostly because they assume that, you know, once you deactivate it, it's trash and then you just want you to get the new one. Uh, Especially, they also update uh, SIM cards every once in a while. Now there's like Gen 5, at least with T-Mobile that I needed to get one of those. But yeah, no, exactly. Marilyn is, uh, is exactly jumping in what I was explaining prior. I didn't see her comment prior to that. Uh, Tk, at least in the UK, getting your house uh, getting your house uh, better insulated would help you uh, with not letting the heat into the uh, yeah. Of course, um, our, our of course, solar panels would also help with a lot a lot with builds. For us, at least in the US, right now. And I want to say this: this is a weird thing. I don't know how TikTok figured out that I I was researching things as far as solar, but literally every other every third or fourth TikTok when I'm when I'm sitting there and just trying to basically watch TikToks to to spend time it's all solar and they've got me now on a spanish and english rotation so now and only not only do i get english uh you know uh fake uh solar commercials going on in, in on TikTok, but they're also hitting me up with the spanish ones because apparently they figured out that i understand spanish as well so long story short tiktok seems to think i'm a very good customer for solar and um and all of these um All of these fake commercials that say you can go in there and the government will pay for you and all the blah, 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 blah. They're not being honest. They're getting you to sign up just to get you to a person to try to upsell you into what things are and not explaining things correctly because it's TikTok and it's 60 seconds. And of course, they disable comments because they don't want people to say what they are. So long story short, yeah, I've been um, I know I know how to do my research and I know how I'm, how I'm trying to get myself into it. It will help us quite a bit, especially because I own a Tesla as well, because charging my car and it will also help me be able to charge my car and could potentially make it into a free situation where I wouldn't necessarily have to pay for charging my car anymore. And that's actually pretty good. I charge my car at home all the time. I mean, like 96 percent of the time, unless I'm like out and I need to charge it, of course. Uh, Golan Levy, hey man, hope you're doing well. Hope you're having a good Saturday afternoon. Uh, I hope you're staying cool as well. Um. So, okay, uh, T-Mobile was, oh, VoiceStream, thank you. Then Deutsche Telekom, then Telekom AG b- uh, bought it. So in the U- in the U.S., they used to be called VoiceStream. And I think that's who the company that I signed up with. And then they bought out VoiceStream in the U.S. and they become T-Mobile. Now, obviously, you know, the T-Mobile in the U.S. is different than Deutsche Telekom, the T-Mobile in, Do- in, in Germany. Uh, they're, they're, they're related, I guess, in, to a certain point because they share the same name. But they don't operate the same way. So going to Germany doesn't automatically give me my same plan in Germany. It's a different territory uh, and they operate independently more. So, yeah, different experiences, different things, and they don't carry typically the same hardware. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> thank you, Earl, for that one. Appreciate it. Uh, prices are rising and Apple continues to profit. It's the typical uh, I mean, come on, if if Tim comes up, if somebody comes up to Tim and says, you know, can you help us fix this RCS? Can you get iMessage I to be compatible with RCS? So at least a, when people are communicating across devices and he's talking about obviously talking to his grandmother, you know, things could be simpler and it would not be, uh, we wouldn't have to revert back to SMS technology. Um, and Tim Cook straight up answered, man, you know, it's like, just buy your grandma an iPhone. And I was like, wow, that was like, we're not competitive. We're not bullying anybody, but like, yeah, buy her an iPhone, man, fix the problem that way, move on. He doesn't want to answer the question. He doesn't care about the question. His users don't know any better. It's because he's not giving his users the option. It's a really weird, manipulative conversation and structured in a specific way where we're the betters and you guys suck kind of a situation to, yeah, go buy an iPhone. I'm like, okay, you know what? (laughs) If I had any respect for you being where you are, that was the point where I kind of like, okay, I understand. You are who you are. You're sticking to your guns. And there's a reason why I don't buy iPhones. I don't, I don't, I don't want to support a system that does that. Um, I support the technology in the sense of where I like to provide technology, you know, commentary on that. I review products for them. I'm not going to deny that. I just literally posted a video on a power bank that runs on an iPhone, but that's because I was reviewing the power bank. that has nothing to say about what the iPhone was doing. This is purely from a convenience standpoint and it was sent to me by uh, by zero lemon that I wanted to kind of put out a video for you guys. So, Understand where I am, but I don't like it when people are flat out in your face saying something. And then, of course, publicly they're making an announcement of being, you know, we're not doing things. We're not, we're not being, uh, you know, bullying. But it is, they are. Now you're going to have an eSIM. It's going to be an even more inconvenient function for you to switch back to a SIM card because once you're in the, you know, wall garden with an eSIM, it's comfortable. It's easier to transition over Bluetooth to another iPhone. So I don't want to get into talking that much. I know, uh, <laughs> It was really not meant to be the video, but yeah, no, I know what you mean. Um, I don't like the impact Apple has on the phone market. I feel like uh, it should be regulated more. No, absolutely. I, I don't understand, and I'll say this. A big part of where we are, a big part of where we are now with a device that has no SIM card, a device that has no headphone jack, a device that has no MST, but the MST is a different function, but the SIM card and the headphone jack And not the SIM card, the SIM tray and this headphone jack are gone because of Apple. The removable battery was gone because of Apple. And it's not necessarily just Apple's thing. It's because Samsung decided that that was the thing to do. Samsung decided that that was the right thing to do. They felt like that if we wanted to be associated with what they presumed to be a better product, because that's the only reason why the only reason why Samsung would copy them, because Samsung thinks iPhones are better. They treat them like we copied them right? So they copy these features, bringing them over. And then when you see that happening, it becomes a trend coming on across other devices. I don't understand the purpose behind it because again, the whole removal of the charger out of the box and charging me an extra fee, or sorry, not charging me, but charging me the fee for the charger and then shipping me that charger in a separate box by itself to be sent to me by home paying separate shipping on their side and all that logistic um, carbon emitting logistical uh, procedure that they're doing to provide me something that now is more harmful to the environment than having a box be a little bit thicker, having them not ship as many iPhones in one box. But then because they're saying is, yeah, we're, we're boxing more iPhones in our containers, but then, hey, by the way, we just shipped another container full of chargers that we weren't charging. We weren't shipping before. So in reality, it's, it's, it net, it's a net zero claim. There is no benefit into this. it It purely is a worse situation. It's a money making situation for them. Uh, I understand that when I see that with companies like at the higher end now because they've copied it. We've seen it for many years. Uh, but at the end of the day realistically it you know, if you're gonna do this and you're gonna ship a phone, Juan said it perfectly. My buddy Juan Carlos over on the best of our week. Ship it in a brown bag. There is really really no reason for it to say Apple charger and all of that. We don't care. It comes it's a charger for the phone that you just bought ship it in a brown insulated uh, padded bag have that be in the same box as the phone and then make those claims but shipping it separately in its own little fancy box again defeats the whole purpose of what are they trying to do and what they're trying to claim that they're they're trying to do but yeah i don't want to spend too much there uh yeah, sorry too too much conversations uh Chemi, hey Chemi's kicking it with us as well on twitch i uh, hope you are do well there um let me get a little bit of livation. Hmm. but Oh man, okay. So T K. EVGA is not making uh, Nvidia cards anymore. Have you seen? So I saw. Okay, I, I saw the comment. There's been something going on. Being there, there's some people talking about. Uh, it's not a good time to buy graphics card. EVGA uh, trying to separate. I'm. I, I didn't get a chance to do too much deep dive into it. This is. I mean, this was a surprise. I caught it last night as I was going through the news and, and going through uh, Twitter. Uh, and surprisingly, of all places, I caught it actually on Facebook because I was on. So. As I mentioned earlier, I went to the Zender, um, you know, event thing that they had this week in Los Angeles, and they have a Facebook group. This is one of the reasons. Well, I mean, I have Facebook, but I don't really use Facebook as much. So I was going in there trying to engage and see. You know, I wanted to post the uh, the post that I posted over from Instagram into it, and and then I saw that in the news, people talking about EVGA not making. It. I'm like, that is a big, that is massive. Massive news if EVGA and NVIDIA are not working together. Some of the, some of my favorite modded or uh, or customized versions of NVIDIA cards have been EVGA cards because they typically overclock them and they have like so many SKUs for every product that they put out. So this is really big. I don't have a lot of information on it, uh, and I don't know that like the really root cause of it. But this has a lot of implications, um, especially if they're trying to go with obviously with AMD over uh, over NVIDIA when it comes down to their graphics solutions um uh that doesn't care <laughs> yeah no absolutely uh apple is very doggy uh yeah i think the only regulation they can fix them is rcs uh, no i i realize- no look at it the reality is this i think if i'm not mistaken they're required in europe by 2023 which meaning the iphone 15 needs to have a usb c port so the question is going to be this now that we saw that apple will make a specific m- device for a market Will they make it so that the iPhone in Europe will have a USB-C connector, but the rest of the world will have the USB, uh, the lightning connector, keep us on lightning. And then the U.S. version will have no SIM card, but will have an eSIM. So you'll start basically getting different flavors of Apple, depending where you are in the world. And of course, in my opinion, the European model is going to make the best sense. It'll have a SIM card, a USB-C port, which means, hey, let's get rid of that lightning port and hopefully faster charging, maybe better technology for charging when we start actually leaving that standard that we're stuck with for so many years and has not really gotten any better uh, overall as far as performance. Uh, let me just close this one. It keeps blinking for me on that side. No, I'm, I'm with you guys. I'm with you guys. Uh, yeah, put the charger in the box. No, absolutely. Put it in the box. Put it back in there. If you're going to play the game and you're going to do this, just put it back in the box. You know what I mean? Or, or specifically, maybe make a, a version of your phone. The same way, I think Xiaomi did it perfectly. Seriously, of all the companies I had to say at the time when we started seeing that the chargers were being removed, Xiaomi allowed you to buy the phone either with or without the charger. And it was a selection on their site when you were picking it up. Let that be the option. You know, and even with the SIM card, allow us allow the U.S. version, uh, the, the U.S. model to have both. Do you want your device with an eSIM or without an eSIM? And be more forthcoming about the change that you did, because not everybody watches the Apple launch event for them, but you actually know that the eSIM is going to be part of it. There are going to be, sorry, some people out there that got their iPhones that bought the iPhone on the uh, and then are are surprised as to the process of what they need to do, and they're calling their carriers because they just don't know where to put the SIM card kind of a situation. You know what I mean? Or they got it as a gift or something to that effect. So we'll see. Um, (laughs) I think the requirement for in 2024 for, oh, okay, so the requirement is 2024, not 2023 for iPhones, although the rumors are that suggest that Apple will start in 2023. So I think, it yeah, uh, I think if they release the phone in 2023, then technically they could be grandfathered. But yeah, no, Apple will wait till the last second. They will not transition. The smart move for them would be, look, Our iPads are USB-C, our PCs are USB-C, they have USB-C. Everything other than the iPhone has a USB-C connector. Now, technically the AirPods as well still are a lightning, but it's a USB-C, the lightning cable that is included in the box with them. So the long story is they're holding the line on the lightning cable as long as they can. there just really is no reason to stick with it. Get better cable, or sorry, make better cables and let's switch over to USB-C. Let's get the standard running and let everybody run copacetically. There's really this whole we do it better thing, the betters and the gooders kind of thing. I really got to stop it. Um, I think everyone assumed that they wouldn't make a separate device for the European market, but that was before they pulled the eSIM campaigns. No, absolutely. Uh, for Michael, I honestly thought that Apple only made one variant, one variant, and it basically just across the world. That's the simplest way for them, and it's the best uh, way for me for them to make it. Don't make multiple skews. So you have to basically machine them multiple times. Now they're having to machine the U.S. version specifically for U.S. and then the rest of the world go the other way. And yeah, it could be an indication saying that, you know, USB-C becomes maybe a European variant of the phone with a SIM card and the rest of the world gets lightning and everything else. And seriously, all that's going to do is create more people buying phones from Europe to bring into the U.S. And I wouldn't be surprised that there are already people trying to do that, trying to bring devices from Europe to run a SIM card in the U.S. And I'd like to see actually how that works. How does... Carriers here uh, do they do they have a way of figuring out that you got a phone from a different market, and they will require you still to use the eSIM on it, not use the SIM card. I'd like to I'd like to see how much control we get there because that that'll happen when people start bringing them in. Um, okay. The in the EU, the uh, the European model also uh, also be $300 to three to four hundred dollars more expensive than the US version. Prices aren't saying here uh, here uh, or uh, for only for the one twenty eight model. So that's crazy. So they're charging you a premium now for something that they took. <laughs> I mean, we wouldn't take that from anybody standing in front of you. somebody was standing in front of you doing this where they're like, look, I'm going to give you these two things, but I'm going to take this one out and we're going to charge you something close to what you are. Oh, you want that box? Okay. I'm going to charge you more. Although I was charging the same thing before it makes no sense. It, I don't understand. I really don't understand. And I don't know what, what is the point where, for the users, for iPhone users that stay in the ecosystem because of the inconvenience of leaving the ecosystem, what would be the, the the straw that breaks the camel back at this situation? I mean, what would cause you to basically say, you know what, this is enough. For me, switching from the S22 Ultra, and I'll say this, I was on that device, I've used it. I, I, Again, the S22 Ultra cameras are very good. They're very good cameras. They're very good for what I do and when I need to travel and I need to take pictures and do videos with that. So for me, getting out of that device had to be something that caused me to be really uncomfortable with it. So the freezes every once in a while, or the, the issues with apps every once in a while, and where I have to restart the phone, that was kind of a weird thing literally, I'm not going to lie to you guys. It was RCS. RCS caused me to have the weirdest situation where the moment where I felt like my phone was not a communicator, was not a good communicator for me to communicate with my family, with my buddy Juan, with with people that I normally communicate with. And RCS was just for the lack of anything else. will just not work. T-Mobile could not figure it out. T-Mobile obviously doesn't doesn't have a lot to be able to do on this. This is a Samsung phone, not a T-Mobile phone. Um, it is running on T-Mobile servers and it does connect to the T-Mobile server, but it will just not send or receive. That to me made it so that I needed to get out of that phone. I needed to go into another phone, and then it roughly was around the time when the with Z Fold 4 came out, and luckily the Z Fold 4 has no problem. It's the unlocked model. I did not go back to a T-Mobile variant or specifically a carrier variant. So, th- the long story short, I guess what I'm trying to say is it, this is something to keep in mind. Yeah, no, again, what is it? Is it, what is it going to be that Point where it becomes so much of an inconvenience. Is it so nice? Sorry. Is it so nice to be able to communicate via iMessage and use FaceTime that everything else can actually just be okay? Is that how we're dealing with it? Because at some point, we need to figure out you need more. You need to get better and more things out of your device when you're transitioning from one phone to another and not feel like every year you're finding out you're listening to the announcement and all you're hearing is, oh, they took this away. Oh, we're not having that anymore. Oh, great camera. But again, only on the Pro Max, and again, you know, it's it, so it's it's all about that. So for me, you know, I think the 13 Pro Max in the US is still a much better phone than what we got with the uh, with the new series. Even though we have different, uh, we have some improvements in there. iOS 16 on the 13 Pro Max, I think that's going to be the better option. If you if you're considering it, I recommend you go in there because that'll be the better way to do it. Um, so, uh, so Earl saying the, the thing that irks me is with Samsung, uh, no uh, no charge in, no charger in the box for the uh, for its first other products, uh, laptop TVs and, and with Plex. no absolutely, and they're doing it now on their budget side. They're no longer dealing with this as a higher end. This is not no longer a feature at the high end. We're losing this actually with devices. I even saw t uh, T-Mobile devices now the Revel the budget side devices that T-Mobile sells. This is a branded device. Obviously, this is a, um, a device I think that's made by. I want to say Alcatel. I don't know if that's who's making this year's uh, revels, but the long story short is they don't even include chargers in the box. So we're starting to lose chargers everywhere. And this whole thing is becoming this nice little upsell. This is kind of like the... um, uh, the budget airlines. When you buy uh, the Spirit airline tickets, and you realize that you have to you have to pay to be able to pick your seats, you have to pay to get a snack, or you have to pay uh, to be able to be uh, you know priority boarding. Uh, you have to pay to get an extra uh, piece of luggage with you if you want to go on that because you're only allowed one. All these little piecemealing situation. I feel like at price points, yeah, I mean it was already a- appalling at the higher end, but I mean you're if you're buying a budget phone, it's because your budget is very limited to the point where you need to buy that phone. Now having to buy an extra thirty-five dollar or twenty-five dollar charger that's not included in the box, that's 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 tough. That's making your budget line hurt, and that's not the that's not the way you do it because those are the ones that you sell more. Those are where your numbers are. It's not in the S series. It's not in the Z series. It's in the A series. Samsung knows it. Everybody buys, and then again, then they do what they did with the A fifty three, which, again, is another story for it. It's a story for another day at a different time of day. Um, what savings again for iPhone. No, absolutely. And then spending 20% uh, <laughs> out on GDP on uh, on uh, health care, despite leaving 50 billion. No, absolutely. No, it, it's just crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let me see. Here. Uh, I had an iPhone 12 Pro Max and I had I had to do both eSIMS and, and, and SIMS. Uh, that was way to go. No, absolutely. Give us the option. Don't get me wrong. I think what they should have done is that the announcement, they should have just flavored the conversation by saying, look, we recommend you using eSIM as a more secure method. Our devices support eSIM and SIM card for your convenience, but it is our recommendation here at Apple that you should utilize this feature to protect your devices and insert their their feature protection that they have. And I think that makes more sense for me. Give me, as a consumer, the feeling that I have more options, more control over my experience, as opposed to taking away all of my options. I mean... The people that are buying these phones are realizing, or I don't think they, re, I don't know if it really settles in much, but they're paying 1000 thousand, thirteen hundred $1,300, whichever version of the iPhone that they're going to buy. They're paying that much money, but they're not really controlling all that money. And we've had these conversations before. Why we have, you know, on Android, why do we have ROMs? Why do we have unlocking devices? Why do we have, you know, rooting devices? Because you really never really own the device that you're buying. You're buying a phone, typically carrier specific, that runs great on a specific insert the carrier name here. At the end of the day, you own the hardware, but you can't operate the hardware the way you want. You operate it the way the carrier tells you to operate it. You only operate it in specific bands. You only operate it with the specific areas. And within the last year or so, Samsung's caved in so much that had I bought a locked version, which what happened to me with the S22 Ultra... I could not turn on the phone out of the box without having an activated SIM card with T-Mobile. That's a very specific function that really bugged me because if I was buying this phone and let's say I just didn't, I didn't activate it or obviously if you're buying a T-Mobile, you probably already bought it with an activated, but you can buy a T-Mobile phone from Samsung's website without ever having a SIM card associated with that order. So you could buy the phone and it's an AT&T or a T-Mobile or a Verizon, You Verizon. Know, they have all the main carriers in there. But again, you couldn't turn it on when I uh, when I was lending uh, Juan the uh, the S22, because I bought the S22 as well at the time, I had to activate it with an ET with a T-Mobile SIM card because he doesn't have T-Mobile anymore. He's running Mint, if I'm not mistaken, Um, or I think forgot it was another MVMO. But the long story short is this is something that kind of makes it weird, like we're seeing more and more control taken away from us. Uh, We've had less reasons to mod and ROM devices, and I feel like this is something because more more features are becoming functional inside of Android. We have theming, we have options obviously changing wallpapers, uh, custom icons. A lot of the reasons why most people jumped into rooting but not changing a ROM was mostly because of these things. And then we're seeing more, I mean, there still is a movement there, but all in all, over the years, we've had less reasons to do so, but less control over our devices. I want to cover that too much, but it, it's bringing a lot of, uh, sour points for me a little bit this week. Mika, this is Apple we're talking about. No, absolutely. Uh, it, it, sorry. Uh, <laughs> TK Jimmy, Jimmy said, I mean, TK, this is Apple we're talking about. This is the better, the gooder. It just works out of the box. This is exactly what we need to do. Um, and just get over it, TK, right? I know I'm with you. There's a reason why I don't use their product. Uh, just share the live stream on Twitter, TK. Appreciate it. Uh, Jimmy, I always, always appreciate it and i've just realized that we're about 50 minutes into the stream and i haven't even talked about what i have the stream title that's that's how fun it is i should i should have tampered my um i should have just change the title uh 13 13th oh dude juan carlos my buddy juan carlos jc um always always helpful thank you very much man for jumping in yeah if you can please guys everybody watching if you don't mind please hit that like button please if you want to subscribe if you're not subscribed please it helps the channel and it also helps us uh, continue our conversations on a weekly basis as much as possible. Um, so Dominic is jumping in with uh, why do Americans are still using text messages in the UK? People just use WhatsApp instead. So in the US, it's it's a weird situation. I use WhatsApp because I have family and friends outside. And also my, my family primarily is more immigrated family over. So we are all WhatsApp users. Um it's it's a weird situation in the US RCS is in on Android RCS is pretty much the standard SMS is very typically rarely used. If you buy a phone that has uh, messages built in by default, you should be able to get RCS turned on your car- Most carriers are supporting it. The issue that we have is iPhones are, are very popular in the US. As you can imagine, there's a lot of users that use iPhones and I've seen iMessage is the main source there. The communication system between the two only works over SMS if you're not using, obviously, the proprietary message messaging system within them. Um, But you're right. Uh, WhatsApp would fix the problem. But then there was the whole security with WhatsApp and the whole everybody. If you remember about a year or so ago, people had to agree. Uh, Not a lot of people were comfortable letting Facebook have that much control over their conversations, because that also kind of comes back down to the whole who's controlling what. Then we also can talk about Telegram. Telegram is also a very popular service. I use it a lot. Um, and I have a lot of my friends and family as well on it. Um, the the issue overall is, it, and it's been like this, I would say probably even before this whole situation. Uh, when I first came to the US, um, <laughs> So in the U.S., AOL was the main conversation starter, right? AOL communication was debate. Everybody just on IM. Everybody would jump on AOL IM. And then the biggest thing, obviously, was, was getting AOL IM running on Android or, and running it as an app on your phone. There was a whole bunch of things going on. But even back then, Hotmail was the biggest thing because outside of the U.S., back at least in home, back home in Lebanon, uh, Hotmail was the way to talk because everybody was on Hotmail and every your family, your mom, and everything that was there. So it, it, there's always communication systems that are more region-specific, WhatsApp seems to be more popular, but I mean, if you go to Asia, you have WeChat, which nobody uses here in the U.S. Now, I'm on all of these because I communicate with people that are on them. But yeah, no. At the end of the day, when you're looking at it, I think WhatsApp would fix 90% of our problems, especially between Android and iOS. It takes away the this whole iMessage thing. But there is that whole again where iPhone users love having the i the iMessage reaction, all these new features that Apple adds into it is specifically into their system. So again, uh, it's there's just too many players in the field and it's like having a lot of flavors of cookies in the box. Obviously inevitably people will gravitate towards the flavor that they feel comfortable with. Uh, and WhatsApp is just not as as dominant yet in the U S it is uh, internationally. If you have people that have family outside of the U S obviously WhatsApp will be the biggest thing for them. Yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm with you. And I use WhatsApp quite extensively. I mean, seriously. And I communicated with a lot of my friends in Europe over on WhatsApp because that's the, the main usage system, even in the Middle East. Um, I only see <laughs> how are you doing uh so tony tony wan saying tk do you sell your old phones uh, or do you keep them uh, or do you keep the nothing phone one so i did sell my my nothing phone one i typically when when i'm investing a lot of money into devices and i'm having to go from device to device i don't So, i'll i'll, I'll say this I am lucky that there are certain companies that are able to send me devices for me to be able to review and then on lending, depending on the agreement that we go with. But there's a number of devices that I just don't get uh, get those devices uh, automatically. So, yeah, the Nothing Phone one I bought myself, and I, I found another creator that wanted to actually be able to do some coverage on it. So I didn't feel there was any need for me to keep the phone beyond where it is now. I really feel like I think the Nothing Phone one or the Nothing Phone two will be more of a bigger point. Uh, but no, uh, unfortunately, I don't have the Nothing Phone one. But if you need any help being able to pick up yourself. It's really easy. Go to Amazon UK or Amazon Europe. If you live in the US, log in with your US account validated, obviously log into it. And um, I think the shipping was about $16 and they shipped it via DHL and I got it in three days. I mean, it's not overnight, but it, three days from the UK really was pretty good. And I was able to find the one I wanted the one, the black one as well. So uh, but yeah, I typically do. Uh, I do end up the devices at least that I put a lot of money into. I do end a Um or if I know that the trading value for the next year will be there, good. I usually will keep because if there's a device I need to be able to cover over for an extended amount of time then those will typically keep. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, I do. I do definitely definitely sell my devices. Um, so um, Sarvan saying is, can every government uh, behave like Brazil in doing uh, to Apple make them increase the uh, accountability? It's a tough situation. It's a tough conversation to say, depending in the U.S., because they're supposed to be able to allow them to operate and do their own. They don't want to control them as much. But what's happening is or back in the old days, what happened with the with the Pacific Belt or the Bell uh, issues back in the day is, yeah, telcos became too big. They became unregulated, monopolistic, and the government had to step in for them to be broken up into small areas. And, you know, nowadays we have AT&T and different companies that exist because of that split. Otherwise, it would have been basically just one phone company. Um, and I remember back in the day where it was very hard to be able to get call other companies to be able to get services for your home line from them because it just did not exist. Uh, so. It's tough every it, it when we see those uh, regulations being put and we see them in other countries I always wish we have the ability of getting some of the requirements or the guidelines that we could see in Europe in the. US when it comes to uh, security per, uh, services and allow, and making carrier devices sold in those markets more secure or make sure that the databases being held for those services are all running locally they're not being sent to other countries and so on or at least other regions depending on the on the EU situation. Uh, but yeah, no, I think we would benefit from it, but not every country can do the same for sure. Uh, it's just going to help uh, the third-party companies uh, sell cheaper chargers. No, absolutely. And I know I I personally prefer the third-party chargers, honestly, than to the uh, proprietary chargers when it comes to Apple, because you typically don't get a really good product. I mean, don't get me wrong. The chargers are small. The cables are We know how long this is going to before the the charging cable itself bends so many times and it starts breaking and you have to buy another one. And those chargers or those cables are not cheap. And then you go buy yourself a brand new uh, anchor charger with an anchor uh, cable and it'll last you forever because that's how it's done right. This is where you need it. Uh, But I'm not worried about that. And that's a different conversation for a different day. uh vinnie's in there hey tk uh it's Vinny. what's up buddy uh get to spend my saturday up with you man appreciate it Vinny. i hope you're doing well i i hope you're staying cool and i hope you're having uh i hope you're enjoying the conversation i have not been able to get too far off uh the apple conversation but uh here Golan jumping back by the way Opal will also now remove the charger on their premium devices unfortunately so i didn't see that officially i saw the rumors about a couple weeks ago um, so more than likely the find X six series is probably going to be the next series that we see that in there. You know, I'm, I'm having a little bit of a, like it, it's hard. It's hard for us to say that that makes sense. Okay. When, Companies, and when I'm specifically talking, I'm not saying specifically OPPO, but like OPPO, OnePlus, Realme, uh, uh, Xiaomi, any company that's trying to gradually get into a faster charging technology, these companies, and like, you know, Redmi, uh, Honor's going into it. I think Huawei has the same, uh, has that as well. When you remove, remove these charges, but your charges are the only way for these devices to charge at the speed and at the rate that you're advertising at your launch event. This becomes a little bit of a hard. You have to find a way to make it comfortable for customers to be able to pick it up. Again, offer one with or without. I think that's the better solution. Or if you do sell it and you need to buy the charger separately, make sure that that charger is in the same package as that box that comes, your phone comes in it so that it does not become an inconvenience, especially for people that buy their devices internationally. Like for me, if I'm importing a phone directly, like, you know, I bought the phone from the UK. Obviously, I would prefer if the phone came with a US plug, but it doesn't, doesn't. The nothing phone one, I didn't really feel too bad about because it really wasn't featuring like you know a specific high uh, high charging rate that i couldn't re- replicate in the u.s so but i'm saying if i was buying let's say a xiaomi 12s ultra the charger I, it better come with the charger the only way for me to get the fast charging is with a xiaomi charger because that's how Xiaomi does uh, xiaomi has proprietary charging uh honor has their proprietary charging uh, and then of course OnePlus has the same thing now they share it with oppo but it's still proprietary. SuperVook is not open to everybody. Um, I will say kudos to, to OnePlus at least for allowing us to have 45 watt PD charging on the US variant of their charging uh, connectors, which help us at least, uh, if I want to charge other devices that need 45 power, 45 watt PD, it works. So I like the functionality of what we're getting there. Uh, but yeah, it, it is also, I'll say this, it is very nice to see a Juan Carlos, you uh, Citing, as i was as i would say uh davin davis dude good morning good morning hope you're doing well Sabajo, everybody i really hope you guys are doing well um very 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 nice to see you guys and of course seeing some familiar names here uh once Meta bought whatsapp uh yeah it gave it gave it a, a heart i gave it a heart pass uh got i got no love for anything related to facebook it's tough that that conversation did really impact the US market quite a bit, where people were more open to WhatsApp prior to that. They started to kind of like, well, I don't really necessarily feel like I want to have all my conversations being put into one basket. You know, Facebook Messenger is one thing, but then having WhatsApp in there and then you have Instagram in there. So for the most part, you're really kind of, you know, WhatsApp all over the place. Uh, but yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> okay. Hey, Jimmy, what's new? Okay. Uh, let me just, I'm going to do a little bit of skimming. Okay. So I think I got to the end of this one. So at at the at the hour mark, let's take a quick sip. So I'll talk to I want to I want to give you guys a little bit of a preview. I am working on a video for the Z Fold 4 and the Z Flip 4. My Z Flip 4's video is pretty much, pretty much going to focus on why I didn't return this one. Why I did not sell this one. Why I'm keeping the Z Fold the Z Flip 4 because the Z Flip pre was a big thing for me. I returned that one because it was just not functional for me. It did not make sense. Um so we'll start off by saying uh, the viewer just uh, dropped the X. Oh my God! Yes, no, I, I, I did. So Jimmy, I did see that. Yeah, I did see that one as well. Uh, the, the, the X Fold as well. Uh, there's just a lot of things going on, but it, it China just gets the betters. they 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 always get the better devices. I don't want to keep saying the betters and gooders, but no, seriously, I'm really envious of the of the market that we get in the Chinese area for the devices that they're getting as far as foldables. um, We're seeing basically, you know, for them getting devices with the better optics, the better experiences and so on. And also releasing hardware in China primarily first, like everything is really becoming secondary. The U.S. market's truly becoming its own primarily an Apple iPhone kind of a situation. And not even Motorola is releasing their flip phone in the U.S. That's weird, right? Like Lenovo and Motorola decided, you know, China first, because that's what makes sense. That's where we are. but the experience with the Z Fold 4, um, prior to getting the Z Fold 4, I will say that I was I was skeptical as to, to how much I would actually like the Z Fold 4 over the Z Fold 3. The experience that we get in this device overall is very similar. There really is not much done here. With the exception of a slightly larger external display, it's really very much the same. It's a foldable phone that supports an s Pen. The Z Fold 3 has that. The Z Fold 4 has that. Speakers were pretty much similar. The hinge mechanism is a little bit better, but nothing really visible to my side. The uh, the crease in the display is ever so prominent as it was before because Samsung didn't change the mechanism. This is pretty much what we have. So it really kind of got down to the point of the user experience in the camera and primarily the main camera, the 50 megapixel camera to really wing me over and provide me the experience that I was looking for getting on a device like this. So I'll say first and foremost. The Z the, the the using the eight plus Gen one was definitely a nice uh, nice feature here. It, the device doesn't warm up uh, as much as what we saw yes, last year with the Z Fold three. Again, the eight eighty eight was a power hungry. The, again, there was a lot of things talked there. The camera overall, I think, is what got me over and got me to the point where I'm OK using this device, but not necessarily leveraging the fact that I'm I, not leveraging, but like missing so much that I lost the telephoto and the really good ultra wide on the s 22 Ultra. I've been supplementing a lot of my functions, and I'll say this right here with this guy and speaking of Juan. And of course, uh, this is the uh, the Vivo X70 Pro Plus. When I leverage the functionalities of the other cameras and the experiences for recording content and, and producing content on the Z, uh, on the uh, X70 Pro Plus, the Fold didn't actually have that big of an issue. The main camera, the 50 megapixel camera, is actually pretty decent for a single primary good camera on a phone. The rest of the cameras are okay. They're not going to shine. The 4 megapixel is still pretty much what it was last year. I don't recommend it for anybody. Do not use it. If you need to take a selfie, take a selfie with the front display. Do not take it with the internal um, but I also like the fact that there is more cases this year, more support for the S Pen. The S Pen or carrying the S Pen this year is not as hard as it was last year. This is something that I found it to be more functional with case manufacturers. This one is VRS design, and it just carries in the case. And if I want to open it, I still have the ability of holding it here. So this becomes a little bit of a position for me. But if I want the S Pen, flip over, pull the S Pen, get the pen, you're ready to go, close it, and you're ready to use the phone. So I found a lot more functionality options in there. Um, the user experience still is limited. The display on the front is really not really a very functional one. You really want to live in the display on the inside. And it is l- catching up a lot of dust because the hinge mechanism is, still has a gap in between it. So long story short, it's better than the Z Fold 3. It's better than the Z Fold 2. It's not still... I don't feel like it's the point where I feel like Samsung should be by their fourth generation of foldable. There's still some concerns going on Overall, um, the compatibility with uh, with uh, Nova Prime and the foldable with uh, One UI 4.1 is still an issue for me. There's still a lag, a massive lag. And I say this is, okay, so let's go ahead and unlock the phone. So right now you could see this is, uh, let's see, can we, is, oh no, Sony. Okay, I forgot about that part. Sony is not playing game with me today. I, I had to restart the camera at the beginning. So let's go ahead and move this over. I got to turn on the, uh, the camera app because that's the only way for us to get the conversation going. So here, um, give it a second. Okay, so here, so here it is. So this is the home screen that we have right now on my on the external display. If I flip it over, sorry. I don't know if you guys could catch that, but there was literally about a two to three second delay before my home screen had to redraw because Nova didn't know what to do when we went from the internal display to the external one. Now you go to the front, same thing. There is about a two to three second delay. And let's go ahead and make sure to tap on my face on that one. That one's still there and still an issue for me. So I don't know how to be able to fix that till Nova decides to push out more support for foldables as we're starting to see more support, uh more updates going on. But they haven't updated it for about a month or so. Uh Okay, Jimmy's awesome <laughs> Okay here, Dominic jumping in with uh, TK. That's a very uh, uh, very scary prospect for uh, with the u s. becoming uh, the iPhone land and means Apple would uh, basically control the American data and it would be something across uh, of course, other you know Microsoft as well. Um, it is. it It's a very weird situation. and it's it pushes us so much into like either being with or you know, like you're either for it or not with it. And I just realized my display in the back, um, I guess it has like about an hour or so timer on it. Um, I don't I don't know what 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 is the solution at one point? Again, what is the what is that straw, that magical straw that will break the camel back and cause us to say, wait a minute. Now, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait wait a minute. It, it, this, this is not OK. I don't know what's going to be that limit, because for the most part, every time they push out a new phone, people just get it. Right. Now I'm not talking about the enthusiasts and in, in the in the in the tech reviewers because they're doing it for their job. This is their job. They're not buying it specifically. They may be buying it because that's their main device, but they also may be buying it just to review it. I used to do that. I used to do that quite a bit every year. I would pick up the iPhone and the and start covering all of the different thing, things for that. And I realized that every year, year over year, uh, YouTube kept basically hammering it back into my head. So like, look, you need to stop doing these things. We're not going to push your videos. You're not MKBHD, uh, you know, and you're not going to be, you know, just going on there and then basically be part of the Apple crew. You're you're Android. Stick to Android and stick to what you do well. So I'm OK with that. But it is scary. It is scary to kind of see how the data point kind of becomes there. Um, TK, that's a Samsung issue or an Android 12 issue, I can see the lag, um, the the lag you talked about with uh, with Nova. So it is some I have to say it's more so Nova because I've tried other launchers and they don't typically have that same issue. So it could be Android 12, but Nova has been running on Android 12 quite well. I've used it on um, on the S22 Ultra. I've used it with other devices. It's not new. It could also be something to do with 4.1, One UI 4.1. I did not get a chance to test it on One UI 5. Actually, now that I'm not using the S22 Ultra, maybe this is the time to install the Nova, not the Nova, the One UI 5 uh, beta. So long story short, it's an issue for me because it causes me to be, every time I need to switch between the two, there's always that two to three seconds delay. Um, And it is a concern because obviously this is not functional. A phone that this fast, this much RAM, this much storage and so on, shouldn't have these issues. But at the end of the day, after three weeks, I haven't received one update from Samsung and I think Samsung on foldables and, and flips typically go to do to every two months update. So we're in the middle of September. I got this in, in August. Um, there is no September security patch update yet. So we'll probably get this in October In October. Hopefully we'll see the fix and maybe Nova by then will update it. Uh, when it comes down to the Z flip, the Z flip was actually a slightly different experience this year. Um, I think what changed my mind about the Z flip wasn't the fact I mean, it's still the same form factor. It's still a clamshell. It still doesn't fit in my pocket correctly. Um, it just to me it's it's like for the lack of a better word, it's basically like holding a fold and a much smaller confirmant, but it's also not tall enough for it to be able to be able to grab it correctly out of my pocket and it goes to the bottom of my pocket. So when it does that, it forces, it just changes the, me- the mechanism for me to use it. So what I've been using it, uh, with the exception when I'm using it in this one, because I was actually, I need to install a glass protector for the outside. Um, I've been using the clip cases on those and hanging it in there. So when I was reviewing the THX Onyx early this week, I pushed out that video. Um, I used it literally like a small media player that if I wanted to make phone calls, could make phone calls and makes it very easily. Uh, but it is one of those things that I really appreciate about the form factor of it, because it was small enough that it didn't take too much space. And they did have other case accessories and I can't find where that case is that come with the loop or the, the belt clip options that you're able to kind of put it easily put them on the side. And it, it's kind of like a similar to the days when I used to use, uh, you know, case holders. So that helped me a lot. Uh, Oh, here. So jumping back, Finn coming in, um, is Nova better than, than the stock launcher? I bought, uh, I bought it in about 30 cents <laughs> for 30 cents or so a year or so ago, a year or two ago, um, when it was on a crazy, crazy sale, but, uh, never ever used it. So I've been using Nova prime. I want to say at least five to six years, way more. I bought it a long time ago. And this is definitely one of those purchases that I've absolutely loved. Um, for me because i transfer so many devices okay there's nothing wrong with the one ui launcher i think the one ui launcher launcher with um good lock the good lock features that Samsung releases those little module like home up absolutely makes perfect sense you can definitely customize it the way you want it it works and it does the job right i don't like having to um uh, conform to one launcher every time i switch a device now when you're reviewing the phone, you obviously need to live with the device. You need to live with the launcher that it comes with. I absolutely do it. But for devices that I typically carry for more than a month or more than a month and a half to I mean, for quite some time, Nova becomes my standard launcher because it, it, it's one of those transition things when you transfer from one phone to the other that you want to be back into an ecosystem that you're comfortable and you know how to change uh, to customize it. What I mean by this. Folder placement, shortcut placement, gesture uh, placement, functional uh, icon packs, all of those things that you typically move from one phone to the other. When you're changing companies, typically that's not as easy. Going from Samsung to, to Sony, from Sony to Motorola, Motorola to XYZ, everybody, everybody does it differently. And I feel like a custom launcher does it well for me Nova Prime has been doing it for me, and it fits all of my needs that I need from gestures, from swipes, from tapping, uh, from shortcut folders, from opening folders, for customizing folders. All of the things that I want to do work great there. It's a great launcher, and I, I really like it. Um, where I'm missing right now is just the compatibility, and it is primarily because I'm one of the first to, to get the Z Folder or Z Flip and, and kind of move forward. And just for reference, it doesn't have that issue with the Z Flip. You know? So for me, it, it's more Um, it's more of a situation on the Fold because the Fold runs two separate launchers. You have the external launcher and the internal launcher. And Nova can hang with it. It's just that redraw now is literally the two to three second thing, and it drives me crazy. Because if I'm in the middle of doing something, I have to stop and wait. And that just sucks when you buy a phone that's supposed to be speed. You need that speed. So, yeah, it drives me crazy. Uh, Hold on, let me see here. Oh, absolutely. I, I got what you mean, uh, Finn. It is the stock launcher. Yeah, no, I don't have any problem with it. I, I'm, I've gotten quite fond of it. Um, Oxygen OS launcher, ColorOS launcher, Xiaomi with MIUI, Poco launcher. A lot of them are very, very functional, very good launchers, absolutely. But I switch devices all the time and I don't live in a device typically too long, more than two weeks or so, till unless this is a device that I'm doing like a long-term coverage. An example, those devices, I like to use custom launchers. So Absolutely, this is a me issue. Uh, I don't like the fact that uh, Samsung disables the Android 12 L, uh, uh, the launch bar at the bottom if you're using non-Samsung launchers. But at the end of the day, I don't, I just, I like the customizations I get with Nova. I like the the ability of shrinking my folders down to a much smaller format and be able to fit more on my home screen. And again, as I carry it from one phone to the other, all my shortcuts are in there, all my apps are in there and it transfers everything that I want in that format correctly. And if it's missing an app, it transfers the shortcut, you click the app, it downloads it straight from the Google Play Store. When I'm searching in the search bar, it automatically searches in the app folder as well as on the Google Play Store. uh, gestures triple tapping on my home screen not only just goes uh, takes me directly into uh Go- the google feed but i'm also able to turn off the display uh, you know turn off turn on the there's a whole bunch of things you could do that it just doesn't exist exactly the same in every other custom uh, stock launcher i don't know that that's that's the best way to say it. um uh let me see here Da-da-da. I think Michael, Michael, and, and Davin, I think going back and forth. Yeah, that's part of the reason why I swapped my SIM, uh, my SIM card from my Pixel to the LG Win. I'm curious to see if Pixel, uh, the Pixel battery life is, has improved greatly as a Wi-Fi only device. And I needed to update my uh, my wing, uh, my my wing with the SIM. Yeah, uh, oh, man, you're you're telling me the story, man. Yeah, no, know. Uh, you can't update the. Some devices will not get updates if they don't have a SIM card installed in them. Uh, and I see that a lot with a lot of European devices as well. Um. So as far as the Z Flip, for me, I was able to make it more functional for me. Now, this was one of the first videos I dropped for it, um, and that was basically the cover OS launcher that ability of actually be able to use the phone more without having to open it. Um, the biggest difference between the flip and the fold is that the external display on the flip is just not a very good cost. There, there's really not a lot of things you could do. You can add more functions. You can try to do things. But at the end of the day, it's supposed to be kind of like a smartwatch on the outside of your phone linking you into opening up the phone and using it as a full phone. So you always have to do the whole flip thing and do all of that experience. So for that alone, to me, that made it more functional for me. It was a nice, it was not that expensive of an investment, about 20 bucks, but it was worth it for me to get that functionality up there. I can run more things. I can listen to media with it much better. It is a pocket communicator. And for the most part, that's how I deal with it. If I'm wearing a jacket, this is not going to be an issue. But in my pocket, it works great. In my jeans, it just looks weird. It looks like I put my wallet in my front pocket and it just doesn't doesn't work for me. And for that alone, um, I don't carry it as much right now, but I I think, again, it's mostly because I also wanna be able to use DeX. I wanna be able to use a few other functionalities that we got uh, with the Z Fold, which I feel like, again, is the powerhouse of what devices. Oh, hold on, let me double check. Work real quick. So um, my Pixel 6a doesn't have, a, uh, doesn't have a SIM card in it and the battery life has been much better since Android 13. Uh, Wi-Fi, so Wi-Fi only modes on devices will run the battery better for you when the phone doesn't have to consistently seek signal, consistently keep looking for better signal, 4G, 5G management, or even running on a 5G mode, you're going to have better battery life. So if you put your phone in airplane mode and turn on Wi-Fi mode, uh, Wi-Fi on it, you're probably more than likely, not probably, you will get a better battery life, especially if your Wi-Fi is strong enough and an area that you have that has really good coverage. No issue at all. But when it comes down to, yeah, uh, I don't know as far as Pixel. For me, it still runs about a good day for me. I don't have it where it dies for me by the end of the day on the Pixel 6 Pro. Uh, But it's something to keep in mind that, yeah, uh, I understand what you're trying to do there, uh, Michael. Um, Golan's jumping in with TK. What do you think of the headphones from EarFun, uh, the Air Pro SV? So I haven't tried their Air Pro. I did uh, just review their Air S, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Earphones are pretty decent. They're good buds. Uh, they're gonna give you obviously. They're I would call them headbangers because they're definitely tuned to be more bassy buds. Kind of like how um, uh, what's it called? Oh my god! <laughs> Soundcore is. I don't know why Soundcore just escaped me. But similar to Soundcore, very much there. Um, I think if I'm not mistaken, the the Air series does now support it. It has a, an app support which allows you to be able to turn on and customize it. So really, for the price, I don't really see a reason why not. They're definitely good. Uh they offer way more than what they're charging. Let's say that. Airfun has definitely been a lot of fun using them, no pun intended. Um uh but I still like if I had to kind of pick between them, I would probably say just think of them as a stepping. They're definitely great. Uh, they offer a lot of good options. I think like Soundcore definitely stepped a little bit higher, and of course you can go into other ones. Um, I am gonna talk a little bit as well about the uh, uh what's it called? The Buds 2 Pro from Samsung. For me, at the end of the day, I, I kind of wanted to title my video uh saying uh, the, the, the Samsung Galaxy Buds 2 Pro, the best buds for Samsung devices point, because that's literally the, the best way to say it. it's the best for Samsung. It runs great on Samsung. It won't run the same way on any other device. And um, I can't even find the app for it right now on the iOS system. I don't even think it's compatible with iPhones at this point. So it's pretty much Apple. Sorry, Samsung copying AirPods and saying, hey, yeah, they'll run OK on other phones, but to get them best and get the best, you know, the, the best experience on them, you need to have them on a Samsung device with one UI 4.0 or later. So it, it's the biggest thing I would say. Uh, say um, at the end of the day, I think that's the biggest, biggest thing in there. And I think I need, uh, I forgot to check on the uh, on the actual app and I should I think it should have been, yeah, I, I think we should be able to make it live. Let's go ahead and share, let's uh, say edit. And I'm gonna change it from private to public. We're gonna change it here and let's say that. Okay, so that I just pushed the video over on the uh, on Samsung's video on the uh, Buds 2 Pro and hopefully that will go okay. Uh, we'll see how that kind of comes up. Uh doesn't doesn't work Greg. Okay, I tried uh I'll see. Oh, okay. Uh did you try reinstall Android tool? Yeah, no, depends on the phone that you're using, but you're still going to get better battery life on on Wi-Fi. Okay. We are at that magical point and a magical point in the conversation in the, in the stream, as you guys always know for the TKception. it's a, it's a visual effect that we typically do, but you'll probably start seeing um, some comments in the chat of obviously hashtag TK, tkception and so on. Um, and it kind of brings us, uh, helps us kind of bring the conversation a little bit closer uh, to the end of the show, which usually runs about an hour and a half at the end of the day. Where we are today with iPhone technologies and what we see from Apple as far as technologies, we see incremental updates year over year. The iPhone 13 Pro Max is still a very capable smartphone. There's no real reason to go to iPhone 14 unless there are specific things like the AOD AOD is going to come in. The Lonely Island or the Intuitive Island or I think I forget the name of the... um, I really should know the name. And this is a weird thing. I'm not trying to make fun of it. The the new uh, the new notification uh, interface that they have around their camera, camera punch hole uh, option that they have. I'm not going to deny and say that. I think that's a great way to, to try to leverage what you have in there. I don't know if it was the best decision. I don't know if it really made perfect sense. You already were known for the notch for the longest time. And then now to double down and not get rid of the notch, but give us something that pushes content further down, because now you have a space up there. It just makes no sense to me on a device, but it is the direction that they're going with. More than likely it's gonna be stuck with them for quite some time. Um, And uh, somebody can correct me, the dynamic island. Thank you, Jimmy. I always, (laughs) sorry, (laughs) (laughs) sorry. I I call it the lonely island because it just, to me, I always think of a lonely island as, as the band anyways. But yeah, the dynamic island has its own functionalities and it does well. And I think people are going to enjoy it. But ultimately, they've converted every single iPhone that they've created out there as a two-handed device. You need your hand to go up there. Nobody can reach that in in, normal physics. Uh, For the most part, most people will have to use their second hand to go up there to be able to basically bring down that notification or put the phone down. There's something that needs to happen from a gymnastics uh, acrobatic situation going on. The long story short, that is a feature. The always on display is definitely nice. The crash detection features that they have put in there are definitely good. I'm not taking away from the from the things that they added to the to the, to the game or they brought into the game. It's the the way they approach the rest of the ecosystem by locking things down, commentary being made by, by the, the, the main head you know, big people at the company about going and buying your grandmother an iPhone to fix a problem that is seriously something where Android and iOS users exist. At the end of the day, we are the users, be it an Android and iOS, uh, whatever operating system that you're using for your system, for your device, you are the user. They're controlling our experiences between us and them because they don't want to be compliant with what is a standard across the board. The only other reason, one of the things that happened is that RCS and messages in Google made it possible for us to start getting reactions from iPhones because iPhone users, they don't respond. They typically will react to a message and we get an emoji. Now, at least we get the reactions in there. And I like that and I appreciate that. But that doesn't fix the problem that I cannot like their messages because I can't can't do that. I can do that on RCS. But again, it's the whole Apple's ecosystem. So we need to figure what process at one point. WhatsApp is a solution, You know, Telegram is a solution, there are other things that are available on the market. But at the end of the day, iPhone users love their iMessage and it really does not break iMessage to make iMessage compliant with RCS and compatible with RCS. It keeps it going with the way it is and you can still add additional features to iMessage But I feel like Apple is so scared of opening up that gate, that little small doorway for RCS, because at that point, people will be like, well, then there's just no reason for me not to, you know, not to leave and go to an Android device because they realize there are a few things that are keeping people in there. It's the discomfort of leaving that is some of their users are stuck there. And while they know this, they will make it. there will make no no opportunity for us to be able to uh, you know get rid of this uh, issues i mean even iMessage became available via browser because they figured out that hey people want to do video calls and they don't want skype to take on 90 percent of their business because they realize that android and ios can't do iMessage to a certain point so we have to kind of appreciate it um but we'll have to see as time goes on the eSIM situation we're seeing a lot of conversations going around with that we'll have to keep that going um, as far as when it comes down to the Z fold and the Z flip, I'll say that I'm going to keep working on trying to put together the video for the Z fold. I still am a little bit behind on my backlog of things. I need to finish up the, the galaxy watch five uh, pro uh, that I have in here and I need to push out the video. Cause I got a brand new watch from, uh, you know, the good folks over at Amazfit. That is an absolute banger. And it means the GTR four, Uh, watch that looks really nice and i cannot believe the battery on this time live battery life on them obviously since they don't run full wear os you're still getting that experience there uh, but you don't get the whole wear os experience Uh, but they are actually definitely doing much better integration with alexa which i feel like it seems much much better so um iphones just work until they break (laughs) and then you go buy another iphone because that's how you do it um, so, okay. Uh, I guess this would be a really good time for us to start seeing some of the hashtag TK-ception. If you guys would like to drop them in the, in the chat, we'll be able to do our nice little visual effect. Um, and this thing kind of started about a couple of years ago when we started with the show and it happened by coincidence. I was trying to share a picture on a second display. Cause I have a dual display monitor option here for my laptop and my PC, um, and uh, I inadvertently shared the stream in the uh, the screen share, and it created a very nice visual effect. So we'll go ahead and do that. And I am going to go ahead and share screen. Uh, actually, we'll go ahead and click that there. And it would have been nice if I had selected a. Can I select? No, I can't. Okay. So let's go ahead and do, we'll do the share screen first, and then we'll bring up the con- option there. And then, bam, right there. Um, so of course, as always, I will say. Thank you very much for hanging out with me. Thank you very much for taking time out of your Saturday to kick it with us and talk with us and share with us some of your opinions on, on the tech and the and the current conversations going around, as well as having a very nice, uh, I would probably say a wild Juan Carlos Bagnell sighting in the chat as always, always appreciated. Uh, <laughs> speak of the name, the name, no, I'm sorry, uh, Island, of course, uh, always, always the the walled garden Island. Um, so I will start off by saying thank you very much for everybody. The chat and uh, everybody that you see in the chat here are, um, I'm I'm a big fan of them, and I hope that they're a fan of what we do here on the channel and big fan of what the, the live stream does it here. So thank you very much to Greg, uh, TKception, TK the man. I <laughs> hope you enjoy your Nexus 6. Absolutely, man. The moment I get it, I'm going to text you straight up on Instagram. We'll talk, man. Of course, uh, Juan and I, were going to try to work out something going on this week. Uh, Chemi Torres, as always, thank you very much. TKception, tk TK-iPhone. No, iPhone. Nah, man. TK-Goku team, absolutely. Certified saying right there. It's there. It's good. Uh, TK-Tesla Bay, TK-the Android, uh, Android Bay-ception, as always, of course. Uh, Davin Davis, thank you very much. tk <laughs> the Roots Tesla. Uh, leave my SIM card alone. Absolutely. More, is, I, there's so much to be said about this, but it's seriously, it's a, it's those little things where the freedom of being able to change devices without having to call somebody to tell them was one of the main reasons I never, I never signed up into Verizon to have them as my main carrier, or, for, or, or uh, I think back in the day when we had uh, Sprint as a carrier, it was the biggest thing. I didn't, I didn't like that, and then I saw that with some NVMOs like Metro PCS, you need to call them to activate an account. That was the reason why I stuck with T-Mobile. I'm just, and now it's going to be a frustrating situation as we get to those levels in the future. Um, and as always, Barry Johnson, thank you very much. I lend, I step always. Uh, Earl Owens, thank you very much. Again, kicking in TKception, TK Charge on the Box, TK Tesla. Absolutely. I mean, even my Tesla, well, take the back. It no longer comes with a charger in the car. It used to when I bought it because that, you know, thank you, Apple. Uh, Jimmy Fire Dragon, thank you very much. TKception, TK Stay Hydrated. TK, uh, <laughs> Ticket to Dynamic <laughs> Take it to the lonely island, because that's how I feel. Like if I'm with it, I'm gonna be lonely. Stay safe. Thank you very much, everybody. Always, Davin Davis. Thank you very much, Dominic Wan. Always, thank you. Thank you very much for hanging out with us. Uh, Tiki Samsung, Tiki Opo Bay, Tiki <laughs> I'm surprised nobody said BBK Bay, but I'm not gonna say anything. Okay, I'm not gonna open up the 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 floodgates on that one. Uh, Finn Jacobs. Thank you very much again, bud. Always, always. Tiki Exception. Sabaho. Thank you very much and. Golan, thank you very much. TK Bay, TK some gadget, some gadget guy. TK Honor, always, always man. Uh, at RCS, RCS support bay. Jimmy, always Oppo Reno bay. Uh, I like Reno's. Reno device is actually getting so much better. Of course, uh, can we please try to do the best of our week earlier, uh, earlier for us in the Fox? I'm going to talk to I'm try to talk to one, but we at the end of the day, what ends up happening for us, it's really more of a timing situation. It's tough for us to do it any earlier during during that time. Um, during the week uh, because of family coming back, finishing days and so on. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I will talk to Juan to see if there's possibilities for us, maybe a scene, maybe a different time uh, to make it fit into our our, our day jobs as well. Because there are things going on during the day as well uh, where the SGGQA is more firmly locked into where it is. It's been there for many, many years. Uh, the Android Bay obviously has always been locked in because of the Saturday night with tech. And that was always a Saturday morning thing for us. So it's easier to kind of do that. But we have to figure out a better configuration. I know that we've had better success when we've had them during the day in early mornings, but it's always a timing thing. So we have to figure it out, but yeah, I'll, I will thank you very much for that one as well. Uh, Barry Johnson. Thank you very much. Davin Davis, Golan Lovey. Uh, and of course, uh, we have, uh, Ron Guido in there as well. Davin. Oh, sorry. Uh, Jimmy, fire dragon. Thank you very much back there. Chemi. Um, everybody in here, everybody that took time during the day, Greg, uh, Juan, of course, uh, Barry, Jimmy, uh, Marilyn kicking it with us as well. Finn Jacobs. Um, and of course, Chemi twice on, uh, on Twitch as well as on, uh, on, on YouTube. And of course, Earl uh, and everybody taking time out of their day on this beautiful Saturday. Um, I hope you're doing well. I hope you stay safe. I hope your family, you and your family are doing good and you're able to enjoy your tech. I'll go ahead and open it up one more time. you know what? We'll do it here. Um, I'm, I'm still trying to figure out how to basically do a couple of things on the main channel overall. I need to change the way I do videos. Um, the. I find it that I don't want to make it too much of a, like I enjoy more our conversations on Saturdays, the way we do it on the live stream. It's just so much more dynamic. And I want to bring that personality into the videos a little bit more. And that's what I tried doing in the video this morning in the, in the, uh, in the buds two pro I didn't start it with the Sabaho. I didn't start it with my start by my, my normal thing. I wanted to try to experiment with a little bit of different design. Sabaho has been a signature sign there and I think I'll bring it back, but I want to kind of experiment with the introduction, a little bit more friendly conversation and, less, um, uh, more of a, more of a formal introduction. I feel like I always do formal introductions. I want to make it a little bit more casual. So let me know what you guys think of that video. The video should be live now on the main channel and, uh, I'll, I'll, yeah, obviously, you know, talk to you guys again next Saturday with the Android Bay Monday, of course, in the chat with the SGGQA, and the best of our week again on Thursday with my buddy Juan Carlos Bagnell. I'm going to get a chance to see more of him this week. This is going to be the fun part. He and I get a chance to hang out a little bit more because there's a thing going on that you probably will see us kind of talking about a little bit uh, in the coming week. So be safe. Stay safe. I'll see you guys next week. Thank you very much for hanging out with me and take care. Bye bye for now.